the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. Tuesday edition, another wintry day. The general consensus here mm. in the studio is that people are just sort of sick of winter. You think? I mean, earlier today, management was opining. Yes. And then you come in and you go, how cold it is I outside. I couldn't believe that, you know, it was it's so beautiful out Yeah, look, to Sunny. look at. And so I walked outside thinking it was going to feel like yesterday. It's cold. Yeah. Well, it's winter. It's really cold. I've got to be honest. I'm not so bothered by it. I'm really not. I mean, this is the same person who loves the rainy day. I mean, <laughs> it's winter. I mean, where else would you? You want yeah. to move to oh, San Diego? I'd like to be where Christy was. Christy, welcome back. Thank you. Christy. Glad to be back. Christy, you were in? I was in Orlando. Oh. <laughs> Sunny Orlando. High of 84. 84. Oh See, that's God. unnatural. It's just unnatural. I'm not saying I want 84, but I would, no, permanently, but I think I'd take it for four days like she did. Okay. Missed the ice and snow. It was yeah, great. I guess. Oh. So when you came back, had it snowed on your car? Um, it did, but my landlord was so kind, and he cleaned off all the ice and snow. <gasps> Very nice. Such a great guy. Excellent. What a great guy. He's a good landlord. That is a good landlord. Oh, my. You might raise the rent just based Gosh. on that. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you don't know what. Yeah. You don't know when the bill's going to come. That's true. <laughs> Let me tell you this. I had an interesting experience today. What's that? I got was driving here to work, mm-hmm. and uh, to get from my house in the north to uh, Parkway Center here, I yeah. have to go across the Fort Duquesne Bridge, mm-hmm. and then I have to go across the Fort Pitt Bridge. Yeah. Now, I've done this- A million times. A million times. Right. Today, I get on the Fort Pitt Bridge, and there's a backup. The the, the red light is enacted at the beginning of the tunnel. Oh, you know so, you're in trouble. So the, the bridge is completely full of cars. Sure. So I sat there for a minute, three minutes, five minutes, maybe a little longer, and all of a sudden, I started thinking about where I was. I'd never, I've never given a second thought to being on a bridge. Oh, on oh, top, yeah. uh, over a river. A little bridge moment there. Never really? have, con- you guys, it's never came into That's my head. Not only was it in my head, it was seriously in my head. So I sat, and then I got off. I got to off. To the West End. Uh-huh. Which and, is also a good detour. Which is fine. But isn't that interesting? Yeah. That, that I would have, all I could think of was the load that was on the bridge mm-hmm. because it was totally backed up, right? The the bottom level completely filled. And I was just doing like, you know, some multiplication. And I thought, I got to get out of here. That's funny. So you, you so might that, not be I alone. Think that that's like, I, should we call that the uh, Fern Hollow syndrome? Right. And I would imagine if you would call that the syndrome, there'd be group therapy. Yeah. Probably if you're not alone in that, there's probably be- thousands of people feel the same way. Because as when I got out, there were probably... Seven cars behind me that yeah, got out right let's behind get out me. Of here. Let's go. Like I think I was the the straw that, and they were like, you know what, we're out too. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't know how long you're going to sit there. Right? No, and it wasn't about the time though. It's important for me to admit it was not about how long I was going to be there. Uh-huh. It was the fact that for the first time in my life, I was considering where I was. Right. 
because just the other day there was another bridge that was flagged, right? Right. So all of a sudden, which is good. I'm glad bridges are flagged. Yes, I, I, I want them to be flagged if there's time. a problem. But it's just living in Pittsburgh. That's a rea- that's a thing that's never been addressed. Never, it's Obviously. never been at the forefront of my when head. When the bridges collapse, you know they never haven't been, been addressed. At the forefront right. of my head. Anyway, okay. So the the freeze thaw thing, perhaps, would know. you know just add to the anxiety of where we are in the bleak midwinter. Yeah. And it is kind of bleak, but it's sunny today. Yeah, and somehow you like it. Well, I do. It feels good. Anyway, without further ado, Kath, you always give us the news stories, the top news stories of the day. So please uh, give us the top four at four. For Tuesday, February 8th, 2022, number one, the collapse of the aforementioned bridge. Oh, we're back there. Fern Hollow. Likely started, apparently, on the Squirrel Hill side of the span, mm-hmm. according to a preliminary report from the National Transportation Safety Board released yesterday. The brief report, uh, detailed in the TRIB, notes only facts surrounding the collapse in the bridge itself, but does not draw any conclusions. So we don't know why it happened. We don't know what the problem was. Um, the Port Authority bus that was on the bridge when it collapsed had seven cameras on it, including two outside the bus. NTSB officials wrote that the footage has been recovered and so far appears to be, quote, consistent with the initial assessment of the bridge components. Which, what does that mean? The bridge fell down. A group of specialists will further analyze the video according to the TRIB, and it could take 12 to 18 months for the final report. Will we get to see the video? I don't think we're going to see the video. Why not? Why would we get to see I think that's untoward. What do you mean untoward? I think it is. Uh, is Port Authority a public entity? Oh, now you're going to get all like... It know. is. It is. So why wouldn't that be released to the public? We, it's a need-to-know thing. I mean, someone's going to file a Freedom from Information Act. I'm just Act. saying, is that the kind of video you want out there of the bridge collapse? Are you kidding me? We see all kind of crazy I, stuff. So why uh, wouldn't we have that to the list? good. We're not glad we see all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Listen, the video that came or was yesterday was a big news was the crossing guard saving the little girl's life. Did you see that video? No, I didn't. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, that's a good video. Well, this is a good video, too. No one died. It's still a bad video. I'd like to see it. Number two. <laughs> Retired Pope Benedict XVI has asked forgiveness just today for any grievous faults in his handling of clergy sex abuse cases, but denied any personal or specific wrongdoing after an independent report criticized his actions in four different cases while he was Archbishop of Munich, Germany. Reading here from CBS News, John, uh, Benedict's lack of a personal apology or any admission of guilt was likely to rile survivors and further complicate efforts by German bishops to reestablish credibility with the faithful. Demands for accountability have only increased, of course, as the church has come to terms with decades of sex abuse by priests and cover-ups by their bishops. Good. There should be accountability, There should be. How about that on your resume? Retired Pope. Benedict is 94 years old. Woo! was responding to a January 20th report from a German law firm that had been commissioned by the German Catholic Church. Good. Number three. The top science advisor that we talked about yesterday on the program with Greg Clugston, the oh, top yeah. science advisor at the White House, oh, Eric Lander, he resigned last evening. Mm-hmm. Pretty much right after Greg Clugston got off the air with us, he was like, you know what, yeah. I'm out. That's a bad egg. He told the president in his letter of resignation that he had been, quote, demeaning to subordinates. Lander, the director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy, which I'd never heard of before, it's yesterday, a new yeah, I'd position, never right? heard of that. Was tapped by Biden for scientific advice before his inauguration, but Lander's nomination prompted warnings from some science luminaries, and of course, he was the last of Biden's cabinet members to be confirmed. Now, remember, Biden said that anyone who accountability is there's going to be full accountability. Anybody who demeans anyone else is going to be fired on the spot. Right. Well, on the spot didn't happen. Did took it? a while. Took a while. 
But it did happen. Wasn't ex- what? No, he did, didn't because he resigned. Yeah. He wasn't fired. Well, I'm sure he felt the pressure. Well, right. You I, don't, I still don't call. think that's on the spot. Yeah, fired. Right. Anyway. In the quotes, Christy, thank you. Landers is a noted geneticist, molecular biologist, and mathematician, as well as being the principal researcher on the Human Genome Project. Really? How about that? He apologized in his resignation letter. And number four, Academy Award nominations were announced this morning with Jane Campion's Western The Power of the Dog leading the list with 12 nominations, including four acting honors. Up for Best Picture are The Power of the Dog. No, it's not The. Oh, yeah, it is. Is it The or is it just Power of the Dog? Okay, the thing about the dog. Uh, Dune, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, uh, Drive My Car, which is the Japanese one, West Side Story, King Richard, Don't Look Up, Coda, and Nightmare Alley. And nice. that is your top four at four. Excellent. You, how many of those have you seen? You uh, saw Licorice Pizza. Yeah, I've seen most of them. You I said think. Dean. You said Dean? Dune. <laughs> did you see Power of the Dog? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, did you see West Side Story? I did. Oh, uh-huh. look at you. King Richard? Yep. Don't Look Up? Yep. Uh, Coda? Nope. And Nightmare Alley? Yep. <gasps> mm-hmm. That's impressive. Well, it's not that bad. You yeah. could be our own local academy. No, no, I'm not going to, you know. No, I'm I, ready for that. The academy Awards. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. They're going to be come on back. TV again. They're going to have a host for the first time in four years. They're oh. trying to find someone who has some unsullied background. Good luck with that. All right. When we come back, what are we talking about? Oh, the Beatitudes and two stories, Lena and Anna. You don't want to miss this. It's straight ahead. This is Christian Talk here on The Ride Home. W-O-R-D. What happens when you open God's Word every day? I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you every weekday here on the radio. I see the transforming effect of God's Word daily. Lives are changed because His Word gives us insight for the challenges we face and encouragement in our walk with the Lord. Join me, and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30. Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top-quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family-owned and operated for 38 years, and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to Manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. 
3771 or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry. Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Think if you're a believer for even just a little bit of time and you're dipping into your Bible, of course, you'll come across the Beatitudes. You know, and on the surface, sounds great, doesn't it? And I think oftentimes people, you read the Beatitudes and you think, that sounds pretty easy. I got that. You ever feel that way? No, I never have. <laughs> I've never? never thought that reading the Beatitudes. I never have. Never, really? No. Uh-uh. You think, oh, that sounds pretty easy. I mean, Jesus just kind of rolls off. The pure off. in heart? Yeah. They, that, that, I'm going to go for that. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for that. <laughs> I can do the Beatitudes. Right? I, I don't know. I just think that I, at least mm-hmm. I think society looks at the Beatitudes. I'm like, here I am. I'm, I'm the spokesperson for all of society. <laughs> <laughs> I think generally people think the Beatitudes look, you know, obviously they look beautiful, but I think people think oh, it looks pretty easy to do. You say otherwise. I just can't imagine that. I mean, if they're if they're thinking that, they're not doing very deep thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean that well that could be again, prov- that could be proving your point. As the spokesperson for all of society, yeah. I just want yeah, to raise yeah. my hand there. Uh, professor Rebecca Eklund is with us. She's a professor at Loyola University of Maryland. She's got a brand new workout called The Beatitudes Through the Ages. And Rebecca, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. The Beatitudes. Now, if you probably ask the average person, they wouldn't even know what they are, Rebecca. Yeah, no, I think that's true because often when I tell people that I just wrote a book on the Beatitudes, I have to explain what they are. Really? <laughs> so I, you know, I practice a little speech about them. <laughs> oh, really? What's your little speech? Well, I say, you know, they're, they're blessings that Jesus gave um, at the beginning of his, his most important sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And usually if I say, you know, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth, then people say, oh, yeah, those sound kind of familiar. Oh, really? People nod their head and then you move on with the conversation. So it's not necessarily a conversation starter at a cocktail party, is it? It's not been the best. But, you know, I think, you know, once I start explaining what they are, then, you know, I think people are intrigued by them. Right. Okay, so for people listening to the show who may have heard the word, maybe they haven't heard the word, um, talk about what they are and talk about where they can be found. Yeah, so the Beatitudes, there are eight of them, and they're actually found in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke. So in Luke, there's only four of them, but in Matthew, there are eight, and I think that's the list that if people are familiar with them, they're going to be more familiar with them. And um, they're just things that Jesus declares blessed. He said, um, these these ways of being in the world, um, these, are, these are uh, things that are are blessed or, or good or happy states to be in. But they're counterintuitive because one of the things he says is blessed is mourning. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like a happy state. So you have to kind of wrestle with, you know, why they're paradoxical or counterintuitive states that Jesus nonetheless says these things are good ways to be. Right. Now, now Rebecca, despite me saying that they look easy, there's an impossibility to them, aren't there? 
Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I loved um, hearing you say, you know, I, I think they sound kind of easy or simple because I, I sort of thought, I, I know what these mean. You know, I've been a Christian my whole life. I think I kind of know what the Beatitudes mean. And the more I dug into them, the more I read my way through history about how people have wrestled with them, the more I thought, oh, these, these are really challenging. These are really difficult, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but I also think that they're, they're full of grace. You know, I don't, I don't think that we're supposed to come to the Beatitudes and think, oh, these are impossible. I could never do them. Um, I think they're meant to be an invitation, um, not to be this, this demand that we can't meet. I don't, I don't think that's what they are, actually. Yes, to open the door to something much deeper into our lives. So in the Beatitudes Through the Ages, you tell uh, a couple of stories. Uh, would you tell us the story that you uh, illustrate about uh, Lena? Yeah, so this, this was something I stumbled on that just delighted me when I found it. So it's this, um, this young woman who's from Sweden. Her name was Lena. And um, she uh, started preaching on the Beatitudes. And um, the authorities found this so threatening. Um, you know, she was sort of undermining their, their authority that they, um, they threw her into a castle and chained her to a wall. And um, I actually got to visit this castle and, you know, kind of imagined myself being chained to this wall. But and she, she kept preaching the Beatitudes um, to, to all the other people imprisoned in the castle with her. And she declared... Um, you know, you are blessed. You are mourning. You are you are meek. You are poor. You are the ones that God has blessed. And eventually, they released her, and she kept on preaching the Beatitudes. Um, and so, I was just I was so struck by this this woman's life. She she really modeled kind of all sides of the Beatitudes to me. So, what does what point are the Beatitudes trying to get across? What is the point? that Lena was trying to get across because you're looking at somebody who's poor or you're looking at somebody who's in mourning and you're saying you're blessed. What does that mean? Because mm. they don't feel blessed. There's yeah. nothing about their circumstance right. that seems blessed. Right. No, I think that's exactly right. So I, w- I would say a couple things. You know, one thing is that there are these promises attached to them, right? Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Um, so, so I don't think the Beatitudes are about you know, it's good to be poor or it's good to be hungry or mourning as if those are good states to be in. But they're good because God looks down on those states and promises comfort mm. to people who are hunger, who are hungry. Um, God promises that they will be filled um, for people who are mourning comfort for the meek um, and the inheritance of the earth. So I think that's part of it. Um, she embodies this, this good news of hope to people in those states. But I think it also shows that um, we see this in Matthew chapter 25, for example, that Jesus says, this is where you go to find me. You find me among people Mm. who are vulnerable and who are the least. Um, That's where Jesus goes. That's where we find him. Excellent. We're talking with Rebecca Eklund about her new work, The Beatitudes Through the Ages. So, Rebecca, uh, of course, any time that someone is engaged in a deep dive, whether intellectually, spiritually, physically, of course, you cannot help but be changed by this. So Mm -hmm. as you were thinking and then uh, researching and writing, praying about the Beatitudes, I've no doubt that you yourself saw some change in your life. Can you speak to us about that? Oh, that, I love that question because that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, I don't think I expected to be changed by writing a book, but um, I was really changed by meditating for, you know, five years on, on the Beatitudes. And I would say two, two specific things. I could tell you lots of things, but two specific things. When I, when I dove into the blessing on the meek, 
um, one of the things that really surprised me is that many people throughout history have understood meekness as the as the right use of anger. So it doesn't mean being shy or timid. It means that you never lose your temper. Um, you know, you know how to express anger in the right ways without hurting other people or, you know, without holding grudges. Um, so it's a kind of it's a kind of gentle strength. Hmm. And I thought a lot after, you know, learning that about how I how I use anger, how I express anger. Do I hold grudges? Um, do I yield myself to God? Um, am I a person who knows how to yield and knows when, you know, to, to stand um, and not to, you know, not to let myself get knocked over? So I thought a lot about that one. That's good. And I, I thought a lot about um, hungering and thirsting for righteousness and for justice and whether, you know, do I have that hunger and do I have that thirst? So, yeah, it really made me think a lot about, about my own heart, I guess. <laughs> so is it telling us, so maybe it's giving us a window, you can tell me what you think about this, kind of a window into the way things really are. And maybe the way mm-hmm. we see them is, is some kind of artificial construct. You know, we look at somebody who's poor. We look at somebody who's meek. We look at someone who is mourning as in we have to find a way to get them out of that circumstance. Or if we were in that circumstance, we have to get out of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think these are sometimes called like the upside down values of the kingdom of God, right? That um, it takes the things the world normally values and it says it says no to those things, you know, riches, um, comfort, um, uh, security and and it says no the things the things that are valued in in God's way of valuing things are these these upside down counterintuitive things um, now and I think you you see that really clearly in Luke's version because in Luke's version alongside the beatitudes alongside the blessings you have woes <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. blessed are those who weep mm-hmm. woe to those who are laughing um, blessed are the poor woe to the rich so I think you see that kind of um, you know, like you were saying, you know, this shows into the, the way things really are, but it's not the way that we might expect. Interesting. So in this deep dive into the Beatitudes, uh, there had to be a function, right? I mean, Jesus was calling out something within our own weakness, within our own hearts of how we should change, how we need to change necessarily to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So what, what do you think is the main function or one of the functions of the Beatitudes? Yeah, so I used the word invitation earlier, and I really came to like that word as a way of thinking about what, what these Beatitudes are. And I I think one way to think about it is that they're an invitation to consider where you find yourself in the Beatitudes. So, for example, blessed are the merciful. Um, well, that makes me think, am, am I merciful? Um, and if I am... Um, the, you know, the promise reward for that one is um, you will receive mercy. Um, so a, am I a merciful person? Um, do I do I inhabit that? And if I'm not merciful, if I find myself not in that blessing, um, it seems to me it's an invitation to, to become more merciful. Um, am I a peacemaker? Um, and if I'm not, am I being invited to think about how I might be a peacemaker? Is there a warning for me if I am a merciless person um, mm-hmm. that I that I'm not inside that that you know I'm not living a life that's declared a good or a blessed or a flourishing way to live? Might there be a warning for me? Um, so so I think of it as a kind of invitation, but also a way for us to consider where we stand in relation to these. That's so good. If I'm not poor. 
um, can I be in solidarity with people who are? Am I being invited to, to, to think about where I stand in relationship to people who are poor? So that's what I mean about the invitation. It's like, well, where do I stand in relation to this? How can I, how can I immerse myself in, into this in the way that God is calling me to? Hmm. Well, it's a fascinating thing. And I, I just, I, when I think of being immersed in one element of scripture, like focusing on it for that length of time, I think that's a really wonderful opportunity that you've had. Mm, oh, yeah, I feel just so, well, I'll use the word blessed, which I feel like. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it's really been um, such a such a wonderful thing for me to be um, just so deeply immersed in these in these Beatitudes for the last several years. Fabulous. The book is called The Beatitudes Through the Ages. We've been talking to author Rebecca Eglund. Rebecca, thanks for being here. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Um, I appreciate you having me. Pleasure's ours. We'll take a quick break and reset. Uh, Three seconds of exercise makes a difference. Really? That's next. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. You know what you could do? You could add onto your house an extra room and fill it with white fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds, paint waves on the walls, and cute little sand crabs. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now. And they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. 
Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a low of 25. Turning cloudy tomorrow, much warmer than recent days. We'll see a high tomorrow of 45. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a couple of snow showers, maybe mixed with rain early, the low 32. A couple of morning snow showers Thursday, otherwise breezy with considerable cloudiness. We'll reach a high Thursday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. You know, in academia, there's all these weird sort of uh, case studies you can do. People do all these things. And you hear stuff and you go, really? Someone spent time and energy trying to figure this out. Studied that. Uh No time for exercise? No problem. A new study finds lifting weights, this is for me, for as little as three seconds a day (laughs) can still have positive impact on your muscle strength in the long run. Okay, so that's like picking up your bag. (laughs) Three seconds. Researchers in Australia and Japan found that um, a team of 39... Obviously, are incredibly sedentary. <laughs> a team of 39 healthy college students who performed one muscle contraction at max effort for three seconds a day, max effort, for five days a week over four weeks. The students did their curl in one of three different ways, performing in isometric, concentric, or eccentric bicep curl during the experiment. Researchers measured each person's maximum voluntary contraction strength before and after the weightlifting program, as well as the so strength much of a program. Sorry, as, but. as well as the strength in a group of thirteen students who did not exercise at all for those four weeks. Results showed that performing just one I don't know this eccentric bicep curl what's eccentric that just means it's like really weird it's like odd it's like your great uncle harry you do it on your head standing in your head uh one eccentric bicep curl every day led to the greatest increase in muscle strength in comparison to the other two methods unsurprisingly the group not exercising did not see any benefit The study really? here, here, this is good. That's a surprise. The study results suggest that a very small amount of exercise stimulus, mm-hmm. even sixty seconds in four weeks' time, can increase muscle strength. Okay, uh, but at an extremely slow pace. I mean, if you're looking to make changes in your body, I'd say that maybe we you should go a little further than that. But but that's giving us the, uh, an impetus that even a little thing is a good thing. That's the point, right? Many people, quote, think you have to spend a lot of time exercising, but it's not the case. Short, good quality exercise can still be good for your body, and every muscle contraction counts. Okay. Three well, seconds. Three seconds. Come I on. Mean, someone got paid for that study, right? Gosh. Somebody in academia got paid to figure out three seconds a day is good for you. I mean. I don't lift heavy weights. I, I don't. I don't either. I'd, Look at me. I do. I have ten pound weights. That's all I use. Right. I mean, someone's going to kick sand. I'm in sure my someone face. is going to email me and say I should be using twenties, but I I don't. I just I'm use tens. Li- are you lifting weights twice a week? Are you though? I'm not even doing that. Yeah. I mean, but not heavy weights. Like, like what do you have? Two tens. Like the little rubber things. 
You just do them mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. No, I, I do a, a set of like, there's like six different exercises that you do with weights. Do you feel stronger every day? I don't know if I feel stronger. I mean, I am you are. because if, clearly, if I've been doing it for a year, and yeah. if and I, you know, it's like what thirty minutes at a time, right? If three seconds, three seconds will do something. Then I have to be somewhat stronger. Yeah. I mean, you know, you when I would go to the gym, you would see guys lifting weights and think, man, they're crushing it. You that's see, why I don't go to the gym. Why to see people like that? I can't stand. I think it's cool. I, think I mean, it's, that's not I mean, for me. Great, but that, but who wants? That's not. What's wrong with that? It's there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't want to see it because it's not motivating for me. Yeah. I have a hard enough time be staying motivated. Seeing someone who's jacked like that yeah. is like just makes me feel worse. Some people, I mean, I, some people just fall into that. They, I mean, not fall into it. They fall into plus, the, a lot of, the plus some of those guys. You know, really like it. You know, of course, you have to love it because you look. How about the one of the great the greatest movie ever about lifting weights is Pumping Iron, the documentary that brought uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger to the public. I mean, that's I've never a, seen that. Oh, it's incredible! It's an incredible movie because it shows a young Schwarzenegger. I mean, lifting these Macs, but really where he shines in is is his psychological manipulation of his competitors. Mm. He just crushes these guys. He gets inside their heads. But you see, okay? What about this? Is not lifting weights, but yeah. this is just like. Being out? incredible, Linda Hamilton in Terminator. Oh my goodness! Remember her doing? You, no, you've never seen T2. Terminator. Okay, wait a minute. Cri- Christy's never seen Terminator. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, Christy. <laughs> so sorry. She's watching Golden Girls. She's not watching. Actually, in- I moved on to Golden Palace because I've never seen it. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Still not Terminator. Remember Linda Hamilton doing oh, the chin-ups? Oh, I sure do. Fabulous stuff. She was yeah. bad. She was awesome and bad. I mean, I mean, yeah, good. like tough, yeah. Okay, we'll take a quick break, come back. What is it like to spend your life in ministry, and especially after you, quote, retire, looking back, thinking about the good things, the weird things, all that? That's next. 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. I'm excited to tell you that not long ago, we launched Saving America Radio and Freedom Night in America, which exists to create biblical citizens inspired for local change. It's about empowering believers to know what the Bible says about being an informed citizen. This year, Freedom Nights will be branching out to even more churches across America. Be listening to our new program, Saving America Radio, right here. Saving America Radio with Charlie Kirk, weekday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 WORD. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day. Because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners. I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. 
Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life & Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life & Legacy show. What if I told you you could save a baby's life for just $28? What's true? Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online, preborn.org slash radio. I think anybody who's had a pastor in their life for a, a, a considerable amount of time, you, you have to understand, I'm sure, the incredible difficulty of what it is to work in ministry. I'm sure there's great rewards to it as well. There's a lot of joy, but there also has to be a lot of heartbreak and sorrow, awkwardness, all that. So what is it like when someone retires from active ministry? Father Lou Vallone is back with us. Father Vallone's been a guest on our show throughout the years. He was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Pittsburgh in 1973. Since his ordination, Father Lou has shepherded uh, the faith communities of nine different parishes. Now retired as a pastor and adjunct professor at Duquesne University, he spends his time as a charter member and master coach for the Human Formation Coalition and gives retreats and days of reconciliation. But here today to talk to us about his life and ministry is Father Lou. Hey, Lou, welcome back. How you doing? John, how are you? I can't complain. How you doing? Well, you can't complain, but nobody's going to do anything about no it. So cares. Don't <laughs> bother. No Certainly not Christy or me, Lou. No, I'll no. tell you that right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Kathy, how are you doing? Good, Lou. I, I love this topic um, because John and I just enjoy you so much. And um, I think the thing that we both, I hate to speak for John, but I will. You can. Um, we appreciate most about you is you really have, you give an unvarnished look at something you just you're a straight talker and we both really like that so when you look back at your own life is that hard is it hard to be a straight talker um unfortunately it's too easy that's why i get in trouble so much it should be a little harder and life might have gotten a little bit smoother (laughs) okay so you look back and think okay that's the first time i got in trouble uh, well, that's so far back. I can't even remember that far back. <laughs> I might not have been out of diapers by the time I first got into trouble. But that attitude of yours and the straight talking nature of yours, did it make it hard to serve as a priest? Um, it sometimes uh, presented difficulties and sometimes prevented frustrations. Um, you know, there's ameliorative talk, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. ways of, saying things that you can get the facts and the truth across that might make it get a little bit better to absorb by others. Yeah. So, uh, but then again, 
you know, I am what God made me. So, right. So, Lou, when, when you think about your life in ministry, you know, and you want to feel good about yourself, there has to be high watermarks, right? I mean, moments where you kind of go, "That was excellent. That that was made everything worthwhile." D- do you have something like that? Oh, well, that happens almost every day. All right, uh, you know, I, I the call is to the priesthood, a call of service, especially through the sacraments and. One of the great uh, um, joys about being a priest is that you're admitted to every part of people's lives. There's, there's, you know, if you're a doctor, they admit you to the medical part of their lives. If you're a, you know, you're a lawyer to the legal part. Uh, but being a priest, you're able to accompany people uh, for every step of the journey from birth. We have baptism, you know, through death, the anointing of the sick and funerals, to the joys of, of, of marriage, to the um, sorrows of of divorce to the sorrows of losing loved ones there, there's there's nothing human that is that is off limits to a priest hmm. Hmm. are there people in your life that you followed along that entire cycle someone that you know you brought into this world and you baptized and then you saw them as a you know a young adult and helped to marry them and saw them through their marriage and then they passed away are there people like that um, in fact, that, that, that this is serendipity that you call me for today. I, I prefer a, a funeral today. Really? Um, funeral was for a family. The guy uh, was a classmate of mine beginning in high school. And he did not go on to get ordained. Instead, he got married and he had children. But I became close to him and his family, and I've been following his family through almost five generations. I buried his parents. I buried his brother. I did his wedding. I baptize his kids. I baptize his grandkids. <clears throat> Sadly, today, uh, I did the funeral for uh, his son, who um, died unexpectedly while traveling through Columbia. Wow. He died about a month ago, and um, the body was just shipped back today from Columbia in a welded shut casket, because that was their laws down there. And I had the funeral for his son today, and I had baptized his son. So mm. I've not only followed people through the cycle of their lives, but multi-generationally as well. So what perspective does that give you, Lou? Um, I don't know. That's a hard word to say, perspective. The overall perspective is that I feel whenever I'm doing these things that I'm being honest to the call that God gave me. Okay, mm-hmm. the, we talk about vocation. Yeah. Wasn't my idea to be a priest. It was God's idea. I just had to say yes to it and then do the best I could with it. All right, so it's it's not, I'm an instrument. I'm doing what, what, what he's told me to do. All right, so whenever I do perform the sacraments, when I ever, I do anything priestly, it's a fulfillment for me. So that's the subjective side. The objective side, am I helpful when I accompany people in their parts in their lives? Am I able, you know, to get across to them and make life in this veil of tears easier? It's sometimes uh, that's apparent. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. What about, you know, 1973 to be ordained into the ministry and then you retired just a couple of years ago, Lou. I mean, did you see a change in people? I mean, certainly, you, you sure know. You had to have seen a change in society. I yeah. Mean, holy smokes. Cataclysmic what happened in American society in those decades that you were in ministry. But, you know, people are people, they say, around the world. But, you know, uh, the, the joys and the foibles, I mean, you, you had to adjust to what was going on in society. Did, did you do that? 
Oh, so, well, I had to go along with it. You either get carried with it or you get, you know, inundated by it. Uh, the world and the ministry bears a very faint resemblance to what it did 48 years ago when I was ordained. But people are people, okay? They're, yeah. they're God's children. The details may differ. The um, ambience may differ. But people are people. Uh, we're all God's children, and in one way or another, we all face the same things. You know, um, you know, I'm here. Why am I here? What am I supposed to do here? How am I supposed to handle what comes along? So the details differ. But the, the humanity and trying to have humanity submit itself to divinity, <laughs> okay, um, that, that remains the same. I mean, people... You know, uh, I was ordained during the time just at the end of the Vietnamese conflict, okay? So there were, you know, funerals from people who died in war. And there are people who died from accidents. And there's people who died from um, um, illnesses. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's cancer or it's COVID. You know, if somebody dies, they die. So uh, uh, there's a French phrase, plus uh, le uh, change, uh, plus le même chose. More things change, the more they remain the same. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how, you know, priesthood is or has been for me. Yeah. So in that arc, there were some really incredibly wonderful things, I'm sure. Relationships that are part of that. Was there a low point for you? And you kind of go, okay, uh, I've seen this too many times or I've, I've heard this story or this despair is too great. The burden of all these things are too much for me to handle. What, did you ever bottom out? Um, getting near the bottom, uh, it happens sometimes you lose your own loved one or, you know, something happens, uh, for a close friend or a close family, you head towards the bottom. Um, that's just being human. Huh? Uh, I mean, I'm as a priest, I'm supposed to be configured to Jesus. He's our Supreme high priest. All right. And so I'm supposed to be an altar Christus, another Christ, uh, to people I work in his person. And Jesus bottomed out from time to time, huh? Yeah. That's why I had to run away to the desert on his own or get away from the apostles or, you know, the paradigm is, of course, him in the the garden uh, at Gethsemane and the agony he went through. So, uh, um, you know, he wasn't spared that. I wasn't spared that. Mm-hmm. Um, it could happen on a small thing. It could happen on a large thing. Um there are sad things that happen because this is a veil of tears. Mm-hmm. Okay, the human condition is a condition of sin. We lost paradise through our first parents. And, uh, you know, uh, working our way through this life is with the sweat of our brow because we weren't meant to stay here. We're a pilgrim people. All right. So there, there, are, there are sorrows. There are losses. There's, there's depression, but there's never despair. Um, you know, as long as there's faith, hope, and love, um, then that's what we hang on to. <laughs> so, yeah, are, are there times when it's pretty low? Yeah, there are times that are pretty low. Are there times that are grief-filled? Yes, there are. Are there times of a priest when I've ever been totally bereft of joy? And that would be my definition of despair. Mm-hmm. Now, even in the sad times, I, I, I may not be happy. But I've never, God has given me the grace never to have lost the joy of my priesthood. Hmm. What a blessing that is, Lou. That's really wonderful to hear that. Um, I guess the last question I want to ask you then, Lou, is about um, disillusionment. Um, We talked about grief 
and sadness. Disillusionment mm-hmm. is a little bit of a different can of worms, um, but it can afflict all of us who, who believe in Jesus and are part of any faith community, um, is that you're disappointed in people who you, you know, looked at as models or people that you, you know, look at the the sex scandals, not just in the Catholic Church, but in all sorts of denominations. I mean, people that we looked at and we thought were a certain way and we find out aren't. Um, is that harder than grief? Because I'm sure you've, you had to have experienced disillusionment, yeah? Well, yeah, it starts with me, okay? I, I'm nowhere near the bright, shining, uh, knight in shining armor that I thought it would be when I was ordained in 73. So, you know, the first disillusionment, and disappointment is always in myself yeah. when I fail, when I, you know, respond with laziness or with impatience or with anger or with vanity. So I get disillusioned in myself, you know, on a really regular, regular basis, because the basic definition of who I am is, is a sinner. Huh? You know, there was only one perfect human being, only one perfect priest. That was Jesus. So my first disillusionment is with myself. But then do I see it with those who are close to me? Have I been betrayed by fellow priests? Have I been betrayed by friends? Have been I been betrayed by my institutional church? Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, you know um, I, I, I came across in, in an email, you know, that, that LOL in emails and the little, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, acronyms they put. Uh, I came across one recently that I had to look it up. It's SMH. That they put in emails. Okay, shaking my head. Right. Okay, SMH, <laughs> shaking my head. Well, even though I've just discovered that acronym, I find out that that's been uh, a major part of my life. <laughs> the, 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 most of the time when I face things like this, it's SMH, shaking my head. You know? <laughs> Maybe that could be the vanity plate on your motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shaking you know, the, 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 it, it's a real thing, okay? Yeah. Uh, and what's always at basis, the, the, the church, the, 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 for us Christians, the body of Christ, okay, the community of believers, you know, the family of faith, okay? We always have to remember, yes, it's divinely instituted. That this is what God gave us to help us make it through this world, huh? Yes, it's divinely instituted. Yeah. But we can never forget that it's a human institution, and although, you know, the church in this this theoretic body, you know, has no sin, there's nobody in it who doesn't. Yeah. So it's 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 a sinless it sounds like an oxymoron, huh? Uh but it, it, it it's a sinless institution made up of nothing but sinners. Yes. The container it, it's sinless. a perfect institution made up of nothing but imperfect people. Mm, that's good. So starting with myself, I got to cut everybody else a break too for their imperfections. That's really good. Lou, it's always a pleasure. Our time is short and uh, we're sorry for that because we always appreciate you coming by and uh, sharing your time with us. So, so thanks for that. And uh, listen, peace be with you. And with you. Happy New Year. You as well. <laughs> good to talk to you, Lou. Father Lou Vallone. Hello, Lou. Me too. I mean, like you said, he's a straight shooter, isn't he? Coming up next, it's the age of the unique baby name. (laughs) No more John. Kathy. Where can you find a high-quality, locally hand-built mattress at a factory direct value? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our factory direct business model allows us to provide a better quality mattress at a better price when compared to mainstream mattress brands. That's because we manufacture our mattresses in our local factories and sell them directly to you, eliminating the middleman markup and saving you money. 
and we can provide fast local delivery as well as pick up seven days a week at our factory location. Visit an Original Mattress factory location near you. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. This is Greg Truszynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream brands. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible. At a time when accuracy matters, accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Hey team, it's a full house. we got to pick up the pace. At Hank's Restaurant, the line goes around the block. Is this for 12? Okay, I need the truffle oil drizzle. What he needs is another line cook. Oh man, are the quail breasts still in the Suvi, Dave, can you keep an eye on that, please? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Remember naming your children and before they were born, right, mm-hmm. going through the process of throwing names around, the rise of the baby books, sure. the names, right? And how many, I mean, hundreds and hundreds. We, we would just sit there on the couch and like laugh. Right. Edgar? No. <laughs> At the ridiculousness of it. And then something, you know, then we have a short list. Siegfried. Then you have a family list. And then somehow, so were you named, you know, in, when you were I named, was named after uh, the song, I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen. Really? Uh-huh. You were named after a song? Yep. And and that was my, my mother's middle name. Kathleen. And so that was that was how I was. But I was almost Christine. Christine? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Almost Christine. Christine with a C, not mm-hmm. Kathy with C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when you were told that, how'd that sit with you? Well, I wanted to be named Linda. Linda? Mm-hmm. Really? That's interesting. No, I mean, yeah, when I was right. little, I was very annoyed that huh? I wasn't Linda. When I was growing up, uh, they told me you were named after your grandfather, which was my my dad's dad. Okay, his name was John Floyd Hall. Was your name almost Floyd? Yes, it was. It was Floyd they, and Kathy show. Hey, Floyd's here. 
Floyd Hall. I just that's just really Yeah, Floyd. See, I mean I mean That's that's rough. That would have been rough. I don't know any Floyds. Right? I knew one Floyd. Really? But not but he has passed away, so I don't know any Floyds. I no. mean Floyd the barber on the old Andy Griffith show. That's what I always think of. But it could have been Floyd and Kathy. Or Floyd and Christine. The Floyd Christine, and Christine. Did show? you have a you have a name? Um I was just named after Christy Brinkley. Oh hey, what? Uptown yep. girl. Yep. Very nice. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. French President Emmanuel Macron says Russian President Vladimir Putin told him that Moscow would not further escalate the Ukraine crisis. However, the Kremlin has denied reports that he and Putin struck a deal during talks Monday on de-escalating the situation. President Biden's top science advisor resigning after mistrading administration colleagues. Dr. Eric Landers submitted his resignation after the White House faced intense questioning about his employment. An internal review found that he bullied and disrespected staff, but the White House decided to keep him on the job, even though President Biden had laid out a zero-tolerance policy for such behavior. In his resignation letter, Landers said he never intended to cause hurt and that it was his fault and his responsibility. Greg Clugston, Washington. And the Dow had 228 points. The Nasdaq is up 98. This is SRN News. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month. A million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. By now you've heard us talk about MyPillow. And now Mike has just announced that our listeners will receive one of his books, What Are the Odds, From Crack Addict to CEO, absolutely free with any purchase using your promo code. It's a great time to buy his warm and wonderful My Slippers. They're designed to wear indoors and outdoors all day long, made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off his My Slippers. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including some overstock products, such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, and so much more. From crack addict to CEO, free with any purchase. Call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. If you owe $27 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, what would you need to do? Well, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $27 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. It doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. 
Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are lower or later when rates are much higher? Now, whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called You and Your Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of You and Your Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic and Accurate Solutions Group now. Call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a low of 25. Turning cloudy tomorrow, much warmer than recent days. We'll see a high tomorrow of 45. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a couple of snow showers, maybe mixed with rain early, the low 32. A couple of morning snow showers Thursday, otherwise breezy with considerable cloudiness, will reach a high Thursday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Super Bowl is this Sunday. you have any plans? No. I was thinking today, for the first time, what kind of food products I'd be ingesting, because that's, you know, pretty imperative. The menu in your house is diminished because you're going to make everything on a hot plate. Yeah. So it's like the prison edition. Right. We're starting a new segment on the show tomorrow Uh, uh, that's going to be related to what I'm cooking without a kitchen or sink or dishwasher. Right. Or anything other than a three-prong outlet. So you've got a three-prong outlet, an air fryer, and a hot plate. That's it. (laughs) No Instant Pot, right? No. Oh, I just made the best thing last night. That's oh, too bad. Really? Though I did, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to get into the air fryer, but details will come on that tomorrow. All right. And in, in, as the show unfolds. Anyway, so the, the Super Bowl, of course, is this Sunday. And I, I was reading that there is a record 31.5 million Americans who plan to wager on this year's Super Bowl. Bet some cash. Which would be somewhere in the neighborhood, they're, they're estimating, of $7.6 billion that will change hands on Super Bowl Sunday. Holy smokes. That's sad to me. That's the rise of, it of is. organized uh, you, betting you, in this you country. You can't pay attention to anything in sports now without betting no, right. being right there, yeah, shoved yeah. in your face, shoved in your face. That's sad to me. I mean, how sad is it when we still have Pete Rose out of Major League Baseball? That's and not sad. Betting, oh, I'm not saying that, that he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I am saying that that was such a huge deal that kept him yeah. out of everything. Well, it's, it, the, it, it, it's the Black Sox Right, scandal. of course it is. So why is every sports organization in bed with betting now? Every single one of them. Greed. Every single one of them. Right, the quest for more and more money. Look, at Major League Baseball is involved in a lockout. Why? Like, <laughs> it's really sad. It is really sad. So... so Used to, football is such an incredibly exciting game, but somehow we've decided it's not exciting enough, and so we have to do like fantasy, fantasy football, right? Right, right? Okay, because we have to make it more exciting, and then mm-hmm. fantasy football isn't exciting enough, so now we have to bet on everything. It's like we're we're in we're unable to be satisfied. Yeah. We're unable to really enjoy things. Well, do I sound like like a a scold? Uh, yeah. 
No, but I think you sound like a realist. I just think it's sad. I mean, because I can't imagine. Look, the game, watching football to me is tense enough, let alone having $1,000 on a game. I would never, ever want to bet on any sporting event. Yeah. I don't. I have no desire myself either to go into that because it just seems too weird and too, okay. too fraught with All right. anxiety. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, did, were you ever tempted to gamble? No. Okay. Because the house I grew up in, my dad was always tempted to gamble. And he was always honest about saying, if I go to a casino, I go with like 50 bucks because I know that, that that's like a weak spot for me. Okay, so my dad... He worked at the Union Switch and Signal, and uh, he would play the numbers at the mm. sw- at the switch. He'd also, my dad, as a, a World War II vet, belonged to the American Legion, and he would say, "I'm going to go and sign up," which was code for not the draft. He's going to go, you know, bet on a number. So he'd go down to this, you know, the Legion, have a drink, sign up, and come home. And occasionally, now this is, you know, me growing up, occasionally my dad would hit. And my brother and I know my dad's number, his his preferred number, which he got his number off of reading the water meter. <laughs> he did. So I have, this ca- I have this casual sort of like, you know, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll look and go, oh, I wonder how my dad's number is done recently. You know, my dad's number was 929. My brother mm. Jeff and I, we talk about, you know, and, and occasionally my dad would hit. And he'd come home and literally throw money in the air. He'd be so excited. He'd be so excited. You know, I don't know what it was. It might have been fifty bucks or a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. But I'll say this: when my dad would hit, every kid got something that they desired. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in. So to me, like the but so, betting. But, so there was no. You would think then, growing up and seeing that, that would kind of whet your appetite for that. Well, I look at, you know, the lottery and go, you know, the lottery is like billions or millions of dollars. I go, oh, look at that, you know. But it is ingrained, you know, I'm, certainly it's ingrained in our family lore that, you know, the numbers were part of growing up blue collar in Swissvale that you could hit that number and change your life, mm-hmm. right? I saw a thing the other day where a guy, you know, bet, uh, I don't know, like 500 bucks on all these different numbers and, and won uh, like a couple of million dollars. And he said, this was sad. I'm reading this article going, hey, look, look, look at that guy. He said, well, that's not enough. I'm going to keep on betting because I'm looking for the big score. The big score. Wow. You and just a million won a couple dollars of million wasn't bucks. enough. Right. Holy cow. But I just think that's, you know, that's a, a, a part of, especially, you know, blue collar, low middle class. It's a means to an end in some way. And it's kind of like a fantasy. It like is. My, like, that's what it is. That's what they're selling. That's like, what the lottery's always selling. Well, my because it's horrible math. Horrible math. Of course, you're, you're, it's building. You're going to lose. Growing up, our part of my dad's mantra was we'd, we'd always say, "Dad, could we?" And he would say, "When our ship comes in, when our ship comes in, we will do this." And I, I remember my dad on his deathbed, and we were kidding. Dad, how about that ship? <laughs> and he'd say, "Holy heck, I, that ship sank. It never came in." But of course, it did come in. Yeah, it just looked different. Yeah, that's all. You didn't. We didn't need you know the the riches of, of that. But of course, here in America, everyone's waiting for that. I'm mean, looking. Yeah, at of course. The rise of lottery and the lie. I just think that we don't allow ourselves to be satisfied with smaller things. 
And I think we end up hurting ourselves. Well, look, we talked about this yesterday. Seven out of 10 people live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, right. Wouldn't it be nice not to live paycheck to paycheck? And you kind of go, that would be like, you know, there's the million dollars. That's my dream come true. Right. But you know that the the horror stories, the tragedies of people who win big money, it always kind of like leads to despair and, you know, recklessness and just insanity. People lose their mind. So... It's no surprise that on Super Bowl Sunday, billions and billions of dollars will be lost by average people. I used to, I used to work with a guy at a bar in New York City, and on Sundays, he was useless to me as a workmate because he was betting his paycheck on all the games. And so I was doing his workload as he would sit in the corner and basically weep every Sunday. That would hack me off. Yeah, it's you know, Stevie. Thanks, Stevie. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a, you know probably a true for most for a lot of guys who yeah. love sports right. and are looking for the quick easy right. hit. Um, but what but the end result of them betting is that they don't enjoy sports anymore because they have to have sports and right. It's not just enjoying a game. Right. Such as I mean, I have sports and I like sports and snack. Yeah. Like when I'm watching the Olympics biathlon last night, which was fascinating, John, and you totally missed out. I could care less. Like I, I said, I had not cho- I had dark chocolate covered pretzels. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I thought of you. All right, good. We'll take a quick break. Miracles don't violate the laws of nature. We'll talk about that next. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on The Ride Home. WORD. I won! I won! Yes! (laughs) And we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes updates. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes updates, mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash subscribe. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners. I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. 
And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLS Consumer Access. Dollar Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Go to Mako.com for an online estimate today. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We're often uh, so advanced in the modern world that um, we want to live a, a life of awe. We want to have awe surround us. But when you bring up miracles, people often scoff at the idea of, of modern miracles. Right? right. Of course, we're way too advanced to accept something like that. Right. So what is it about miracles? I mean, because when you when we've traveled to other countries, John, and other continents, well, people talk about miracles people talk all, about miracles like all day long. Yeah, they are as common as rain, right? Miracles don't violate the laws of nature. The ideas of a Scottish skeptic explains why some Westerners struggle to embrace signs and wonders. Craig Keener is with us. Craig is the author of several books. His latest is called Miracles Today, the Supernatural Work of God in the Modern World. Craig, welcome to the show. It's it's great to be with you and great to be visiting Pittsburgh, even if it's online. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> the Ride Home streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh. You can watch our conversation over Zoom with Craig Keener. Um, Craig, let's talk about, um, I guess, the West. Uh, John and I have had the opportunity to, to travel a lot, and the places that you and I were just thinking of, John, were places in the East, right? Yeah. You tend to think that miraculous things happen on a regular basis um i was in europe a couple years ago there was nobody talking about miracles in europe uh so so uh talk about that historically how did that evolve is it well actually um i'm going to talk about hume but it goes back before hume to the deists and the radical deists but david hume was a scottish philosopher in the 1700s who appropriated some of the deist arguments and because Hume was so well known and so well respected or became so well respected in terms of his other philosophic arguments that became very influential. But if you actually read his essay on which those arguments are based and for which reason um, Western Enlightenment thinkers in general kind of rejected out of hand the, the possibility of miracles or believing in miracles, you actually read his essay it doesn't actually make that much sense. I mean, it's really? <laughs> it's circular reasoning most of the way through. So then what does that say? I mean, circular reasoning, but we're looking for something that's miraculous, but still here today in 2022, we're talking about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hume has two parts of his argument. The first part is that miracles contradict natural law. Um, So he defines miracles as what violates natural law, and then he defines natural law as that which can't be violated, and thereby Mm. just defines them out of existence without even, you know, listening to the argument. But if you actually look in the the Bible, I mean, when God 
parts the sea, Exodus 14 says he sends a strong east wind to blow back the sea. So God worked through nature. I mean, in terms of miracles that we might might consider violating nature, Jesus' resurrection to a, a new order of existence, um, the virgin birth, the, the initial creation. But I mean, most of the miracles in the Bible don't actually violate nature per se. And even in terms of the way laws of nature are defined today, they're usually defined descriptively. So his argument wouldn't work in modern terms. And it didn't really work too well in terms of the scientists of his day, like Isaac Newton. You know, he's basing his idea of laws of nature on Newton, but Newton and his early followers actually believed in miracles. But Hume's uh, argument still goes on. It, it's lived long past him. So what? Yeah. yeah so so humans. what? What? Yeah. What accounts for it? Um, Hume's Hume's broader influence in the academy. It's it's just um, you had a, a century later where there were people who were still defending the slave trade based on on Hume's uh, support for the slave trade, and yeah, a lot of people today don't even know about Hume. They haven't heard about Hume, but they just take this for granted that science has disproved miracles. But it, it, it didn't start as a matter of science. It started as a matter of philosophy, uh, particularly Hume's philosophy. That's interesting. So can you talk to us a little deeper about Hume, about who he was as a guy and his interest in miracles? Sure. I think Hume may have held some different theological beliefs at different points in his life. Um, he, he had friends who were Presbyterian ministers. So, I mean, he wasn't anti-Christian per se, but he didn't, he didn't accept the arguments for miracles. Um, first of all was the argument for nature, but then the second part of his argument was based on, there's no eyewitness evidence mm. for miracles, no credible eyewitness evidence for miracles which I think stands behind his argument from, from nature. Uh, he's, he's saying, well, we know these things don't happen, or at least we can't know that these things do happen because we don't have any credible witnesses for them. Nobody in his circle was talking about them. And he actually, well, one thing he does, he excludes all non-Western testimony. Mm. We know from some of Hume's other writings, you know, he, he just didn't think any civilizations except what he called white civilizations produced anything great. So ignored ancient African civilizations, ignored China and India and so many, so many other things. That's a lot of history to ignore if you think about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he said all inventions, you know, everything. But Hume also, uh, sometimes there were eyewitnesses from what he considered the modern Western world. And so how does he deal with it? Well, he gives an example of that. And this is actually the niece of Blaise Pascal. Pascal is kind of like mm. the father of the mm -hmm. modern computer. Well, his niece had a running eyesore that emitted a foul odor. It was organic. It, you know, it stank. Everybody knew about it. And she was in a Jansenist monastery. Now, the Jansenists were two uh, Catholic for Hume's major audience in Scotland and, and England, but they were too Augustinian for uh, French Jesuits. Hmm. So nobody liked them. Hmm. So 
he got away with his argument, you know, he said, well, you know, she was instantly and publicly healed in front of many witnesses. It's medically documented. Uh, the Queen Mother of France sent her own physician to check it out. So how does Hume deal with it? He says, well, this is better attested than any miracle we have in the Bible or, or other, other kinds of miracles. And we know this didn't happen. So why would we believe anything else? And then he moves on. Like what I said, this is yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't deal with the evidence of it actually happening. He 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 doesn't take it he doesn't take it seriously. He got away with that because certain groups of Christians didn't like certain other groups of Christians, and mm-hmm. uh, it. But I mean, he's he's not paying attention to evidence. He's not even following his own epistemology, his own normal approach right. to evidence. I see. We're talking with Craig Keener. His new work is called Miracles Today, the Supernatural Work of God in the Modern World. So, Craig, what about it? I mean, um, d- looking at miracles in the modern world, what do you see? What excites you? I mean, have you been able to document miracles yourself, uh, either firsthand or through someone close to you? Yeah, uh, both. And actually, there have been surveys done, too. I mean, there was a survey done in 2006, a Pew Forum survey, where you, you you run the numbers, it comes out that hundreds of millions of people in the world claim to have witnessed divine healing. Really, um, and, and you have some countries that weren't included in the survey, uh, China, where there was a report from around the year 2000, where about half of all conversions in the previous 20 years have been due to what they called faith healing experiences. Um, Dr. Balkrishna Sharma from Nepal told me that about 80% of people converted there. And I mean, these are people, there's a great social cost to conversion, but they're willing to turn their back on so many things because they believe that they witnessed divine healing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then we have other cases that are medically documented. Uh, We have cases that that we witnessed, um, I mean, including really dramatic things like people being raised from the dead, um, nature miracles, and so on. So, I mean, it's not like each of us experiences these things every day, but when you look globally at what God is doing, we've got plenty of evidence that, you know, when Hume said there are no credible eyewitnesses for miracles, I don't think Hume himself would try to make that argument today because it's just not a... It won't work. All right, Craig. So, okay, give us a couple. Can you tell us a couple stories? Sure. Um, now, this one is not medically documented because there was no medical help available in the village at the time, which is one reason they needed the miracle. But um, I'd heard the story through my wife, but I got to interview the witness and got more details. Um, Antoinette Malambe, her daughter, Therese, was about two years old. She was bitten by a snake. She, you know, she wasn't breathing. So she strapped the child to her back, ran to a nearby village where family friend Coco Ngoma Moise was doing ministry. He prayed for her. She started breathing again. The next day she was fine. I asked Antoinette Malambe, how long was it that she wasn't breathing? She said about three hours. Now, you know, six wow. minutes with no oxygen, irreparable brain damage starts yeah. in. This is by no means the most dramatic account of this that I have. And, and I have some accounts from doctors as witnesses of of some other ones. But this one got my attention because Therese is my sister-in-law and Antoinette Malambe was my mother-in-law. Wow. Um, And, and I mean, there, there are 
occasions where storms have been stilled when people prayed. I witnessed one of those myself back around 1996. I have to look it up in my journal to see the exact year, but um, somewhere around that year. Um, And yeah. um, And you saw a a storm being stilled, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We were were getting ready to do outreach on a campus. I was a professor at the, at the adjoining seminary. We were getting ready to do an outreach on the campus with the undergrads uh, but, it, but you know, we'd scheduled it for this day, but it was pouring down rain. It was supposed to be pouring down rain all day. And a sophomore biology major just led us in prayer for the rain to stop. And we said, amen. The rain stopped. The sun came out the rest of the day. <laughs> so um, so you know, Craig, we, could, we could go on. Then, you know, you're telling stories, um, you know, far from the United States. And, you know, and I that, that one was in the U.S. It was. No, so I, yeah. I, I believe in miracles. <clears throat> now, but I wonder, are we as a society, are we supposedly too sophisticated in many ways to believe in miracles? And because of that, do they pass us by? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the you can always say, well, it was a coincidence. You know, the weather changes. It just yeah. happened when you when you prayed and said amen. The problem with that argument is that we have too many cases of this, uh, and, and, and particularly in cases where, where it was really important for the sake of the gospel going forth. So uh, Dr. Chauncey Crandall, a cardiologist in West Palm Beach, his, um, when his son Chad died of leukemia, he prayed. Chad didn't come back to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, his heart was broken, but he said, I'm going to keep, keep trusting God. Well, sometime after that, there, there was a man, they pronounced him dead in the hospital. He'd been flatlined about 40 minutes. And he, uh, he, he was going uh, back to his rounds, Dr. Crandall was, when he felt prompted by the Spirit to go pray for this man. He prayed for this man who'd been flatlined for 40 minutes, did what a, a doctor can do, shocked him with a paddle one more time. And suddenly, you know, 40 minutes after no heartbeat, he's got a normal heartbeat. And the guy didn't know the Lord, but he he had a chance to meet the Lord then. And um, Dr. Crandall sent me a picture of him uh, that, uh, participating in Jeff Markin's baptism, uh, the, the, the guy who came back. Fabulous. Wow. So, okay, so now the, this question has to follow every conversation about healing or miracles, which is um, what happens when people pray and it doesn't, quote unquote, work? Yeah. I'm sure there are and people listening happens. to this program right now who said, you know how many times I've prayed to be healed? We have friends who prayed right. for miracles and passed away. Yeah. Yeah. I just lost a cousin today from, from COVID. And um, yeah, we've had, we've had those things too. I mean, they, miracles aren't a panacea for the world's problems. They do show us what God cares about. He cares about people. He cares about people's health. He cares about... You know, when Jesus fed the multitudes, he cares about people's hunger, um, cares about people's safety, like when he stilled the storms. But the kingdom is already not yet. So, you know, in the Bible, like the normal state, you know, so-and-so begot so-and-so and they died. And then so-and-so begot so-and-so and they died. That's, that's the norm in history. And it's the norm in the Bible. I mean, Elisha died of a sickness, even though he was so full of God's power that when they threw a a dead body, and on top of him, that person came back to life. Mm. 
uh, I think it's, what is it, Second Kings 13 or somewhere around there. Um, but when Jesus is doing his, his miracles, his signs and wonders, John the Baptist sends to him and says, wait, you know, you're supposed to be baptizing in fire. I don't see any fire. Are you the one to come or should we wait for somebody else? And Jesus' answer to him, he, he cites eyewitness testimony for, for healings and the, and the preaching of good news to the poor in the language of Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61. And so Jesus is essentially saying, you know, the kingdom you're looking for is going to come. These are foretastes of the kingdom. They're the first installment of the kingdom. When he says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So it, it's, a, it's a foretaste of the kingdom. It's a reminder that God hasn't forgotten his promise. A time is coming when he will conquer death fully in the world. He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. Until then, there's still death and suffering in the world. But when God does a miracle for anybody, it's a reminder to all of us that his kingdom has broken into history. The king has come, and he will fulfill his promises. Fabulous. Well, Craig, thanks an awful lot. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, Come back and let's have this conversation deeper because uh, it encouraged me and uh, helped me in my day. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Craig Keener, he is the author of Miracles Today, the supernatural work of God in the modern world. Craig Keener. Coming up next. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. I've been teaching my sweet 86-year-old grandma how to use her Alexa. The other day, I'm overhanging out and I see grandma about four inches from Alexa yelling, Hey, Alexa, I'm making cookies. Tell me when it's 10 minutes. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the reality is the mortgage world has changed from old school to new school as well. In the old days, you usually use somebody local, but today, you don't have to be local to be local. You don't have to set up an appointment to see me. You'll have my cell, and you can text or call me anytime. The Stone Age paperwork of old is now, usually just some easy clicks. And if you're refinancing, in most cases, we'll just send a notary to your home for your closing. The level of attention that we bring will make us feel very local for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. And one other advantage? Read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. 
United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy so we don't miss out on what matters. Like celebrating Grandma's 50th wedding anniversary with close family. Yeah, can't do that. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu, especially now. No one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. We'll see a low of 25. Turning cloudy tomorrow, much warmer than recent days. We'll see a high tomorrow of 45. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a couple of snow showers, maybe mixed with rain early, the low 32. A couple of morning snow showers Thursday, otherwise breezy with considerable cloudiness. We'll reach a high Thursday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? A shoehorn. Is that like a relic of a former time? Well, something that we could just do away with because, I mean, like we have fingers and hands. And if you've ever had shoes that were, you know, a little tighter, a shoehorn is a very handy apparatus. Mm-hmm. So, so you, do you, you keep one close by? Um, yes. You too. Yes. Now, you know, especially if you're wearing dress shoes yeah, and you, you don't want to, like, crush the back. Yeah? Yeah, shoehorn is a little slip in there. I think it comes in handy. So, to me, it makes sense. Now, it's not something I use often, right? And I think probably, you know, the large majority of the population probably doesn't have a shoehorn available. Mm-hmm. But I do believe it comes in handy. I'm pro shoehorn. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm not going to say I'm anti-shoehorn because I feel like I'm open-minded about it, which is why I've asked the question, yeah. why I've raised it in this venue. Yeah. But you don't think I've never used a shoehorn mm. in my life, in your other life? than if I'm at the shoe store when I'm seven what? and the guy is helping me get my foot into the really? shoe I'm trying on. I've never what? a single time used a shoehorn. That really surprises me. Yes. You're disappointed in me. Not disappointed. I'm just surprised because, you know, I know you like yourself a nice shoe. Yeah. And you like a little fashion. So I feel like perhaps I've missed out on, on no, a, a, a level of importance. I guess if you've never needed one, there's a, an ease to slipping on, and uh, like I said, a pair of shoes that are just a little bit, you know, pop right in there. Well, you know, like on my Doc Martens, which I'm wearing now, you know, they have the loop on the back. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. You yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of like the shoehorn. Right. Like it helps you put your... So, kind of. So I was... All right. I, I, so I'm going to say it does make sense, but it's outside my purview. Okay. All right, does this make sense? Confetti. Oh, my gosh. 
confetti. I mean, oh you see, God. like, you know, like we'll have the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yep. End of the game. Yep. Those gigantic confetti mm-hmm. cannons. Boom. Stuff's flying everywhere. Right. Or you go to a kid's birthday party. Or how about, have you ever gotten like a birthday card and there's like confetti inside? I hate everything oh, about that. Oh, the sparkly stuff falls that everywhere. makes me very cranky. So like whenever I see confetti, like the confetti cannons at the Super Bowl, I go, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. But like, you know, just around the house, confetti, it's a nuisance. So it doesn't make sense to me there. So I'm of two minds of my confetti. Does it make sense to you? It makes sense to me at a Coldplay concert. <laughs> Any other venue, no. Coldplay concert. That's it. That's it. Otherwise, no, John. Confetti yep. does not make sense. It doesn't make you happy? No. See confetti? Absolutely Boom. not. Boom. Like, you know, hey, okay. No, all I think of is some. who's got to clean that up? Somebody's got to clean it up, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. Shoehorns? I think I'll say yes. Confetti? I think it does. 101.5 WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing It Right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to Manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing siding and remodeling estimates call 724 new roof or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com who doesn't love a good deal what if you could confidently know that you're getting the best deal on a mattress on any given day not just during one of those today only sales at the original mattress factory we have something better than a sale a fair factory direct price on excellent quality products for everyone every day so you can take your time and buy when you're ready. When you're looking for the best mattress at a great value, come to the Original Mattress Factory first. OriginalMattress.com Is something missing in your life? There might just be an empty space that only Jesus Christ can fill. Join us for what God is doing at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. By the way, getting here for Sunday worship at 1045 isn't so hard. Parking is available at the Mellon Square Garage or the garages on Oliver Avenue behind the church. Come for worship, then stay and get to know downtown. God has blessed us to bless this great city. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. To learn more about our open position, please email me at andrew at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. 
know, if you read books like on social interaction, you know, I remember um, uh, my sister, my oldest sister, had a book uh, from Barbara Walters. Mm. I would go visit her, and Barbara wrote, Barbara Walters Barbara Walters wrote a book called "How to Talk to Practically Anybody About Practically Anything," which I always thought was fascinating. That's a good title. Yeah, I never. I don't think I ever read the book, but I always I remember the yeah. title. So, you know, it, it makes you think about icebreakers. Like you go to a party or you meet someone for the first time. You know, the, the, the hope is that you've got an icebreaker or two so you can get, you know, have a conversation. Sure. You got to start somewhere. Right. So I found a, a list of, uh, you know, some of the best icebreakers ever. And I've given you this list and I have it as well. Mm-hmm. So let, let's It's th- a really good list. Yeah, it is. I mean, there is a lot. There are hundreds and hundreds of things on this list. Yeah. You got anything that pops out to you? I do. Okay. I do. Um, what fictional family would you be a member of? What fictional family? Mm-hmm. You asking me that? I'm just saying. I'm saying that's a great icebreaker question. That is. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, it kind of tells you how old you are because mm-hmm. if you say the Brady, like Christy's not saying the Brady Bunch. No. I would. I would date myself a lot. I'd love to be part of the fictional family from the TV show. Lost in space. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because those guys were like on a foreign planet, and you know they seemed like a nice mom and dad. And, but I just always wanted to be lost in space. Did you? Yeah. Okay, that's Which, good. That's that's why it's a good icebreaker question because yeah. that tells me a lot about you actually. Yeah, so you're a little bit of a dreamer. Uh-huh. You like sciency, techie things, yep. sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. and you you're an adventurous sort of personality. Oh, that's good. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. Lost in space. Christy, family. Fictional family. I'm, I'm thinking that's hard, isn't it? I'm, but like mine's weird. I'm almost thinking like friends. Yes, friends. sure. Which yeah. isn't a family, but it's, it's a, a friend group. Yeah, sure. That's good. That's a good that's answer. A good family too. And that tells me something about you too, right? First of all, it tells me how generally how old yeah. you are. Friends though can go different generations of people, but it tells me what's important to you, mm-hmm. right? Is that kind of relationship and people who make you laugh. Yes. Right. Always. Um, what about you? I would say the Epps family. Who's the Epps family? The Epps family um, in the TV show Numbers. I don't know that at all. Numbers was a show that was on. I don't even know when it was on because I never watched it when it was on. I just watched it when it came on Amazon. Yeah. And um, it's a, like Judd Hirsch is the dad. Mm. The mom has passed away. Um, two grown sons. One is an FBI agent. One is a world famous mathematician. And there's something about the three men in their family missing their mom and their wife yeah. and making it work and find I love that family. Interesting. I love that family. family. I, I think, and what does that tell you about me? I'm not sure what that tells you about me because I'm looking at me, but I think the fact that the three men are so different mm-hmm. and they're finding a way to make it work without kind of the, the fulcrum that held them I together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure, know what sure, I mean? Sure. I really uh-huh. love that. Fascinating. Yeah, it's All right, a great good. show. All right. Um, in the same vein, uh, who was your childhood actor or actress crush? Oh, so when you were childhood. a kid, you yeah. were a kid, and there was yeah. so you like, oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did Did you have an oh, actor, yeah. actress? Parker uh, Stevenson. Parker Stevenson. Hardy Boys. Oh, now that's when I was a little kid. Yeah, like we're talking yeah, like nine. third grade. Yeah. yeah, third or fourth grade. Parker Stevenson, big mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christy. Yeah. You have a crush? I, I did have a crush. Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, 
Of course. Who plays Jack on This Is Us for anybody that watches that or Jess on Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. And when, you know, there was computers when I was a kid. And all of my passwords were, I love Jess. Mm. Really? Yeah. Okay. Loved him so much. (laughs) I can see why. Yeah. John? Um, Beverly (gasps) D'Angelo. Oh, my gosh. From from vacation or from uh, Christmas vacation? Uh, From, you know, all the Chevy Chase things. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, if you look at her like early, early on, you see Beverly D'Angelo in her IMDb. Listen, she was in one of my workout videos. Oh, I think. When I was pregnant. When I would see her, I, as a, I feel uh, I feel like a commonality with. To me, she was like D'Angelo. the world's most beautiful woman. I was like, I can't believe. And she was name. funny. Oh, she was very funny. Yeah, I, but I just think, oh, that, that, that's like she was like if like I never get nervous when you meet somebody. If I would met, meet Beverly, I would go, oh my gosh, there's Beverly D'Angelo. Really? Yeah. I think I'm over Parker Stevenson. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think if you walked into a room, you go, hey, Parker. Okay, here's another All one. Right, okay. What is one article of clothing that someone could wear that would make you walk out on a date with them? <laughs> like it's that one bad. One article of clothing. It's that bad. You asking me that? I am asking you that. If someone showed up, like, okay, this presupposing we're dating mm-hmm. with just a bra on. Oh, right. The bra with- the bra look. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. You see that and you go, really? <laughs> I, you know what? I, you can't cover I, that with anything? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That to me is like, it just creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Chris, Talk about you know, the loss of mystery. <laughs> just, the heck. There's very little there. Yeah. Um, I, I probably have to go with you know sweatpants. sweatpants. Would you really? Yeah. That would be it. Like you can't try harder than that. Yeah. Wait, nice sweatpants? No, we're not talking like, jo- well, I don't know. Yeah. If you're going to wear joggers to it like a, a date. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's good. We're mm-hmm. not going to a fancy restaurant in joggers. But you know that happens a lot, don't you think? It does. Yeah. We're in joggers. What about you, Kath? If a man showed up wearing sandals of any kind. Sandals? Yeah. That's out. It's over. Really? It's over. Nope. What about Crocs? Nope. Nothing. Well, well, cro- Crocs are so- No, that'd be worse than Crocs sandals to me. Crocs are so low that they're kind of charming to me, oh. which is why, and I, and I wear them every day, but they're so low and tasteless. They're plastic, and I love them. I would take sandals over Crocs no, any day. I don't, no, I would definitely take- really? Because here's the thing. I don't need to see your feet. <laughs> right. I mean, women invest a lot of time in making sure, their sure. feet, but Guys, men don't. You know, so then I don't think I need your to see your crusty feet. toes. Keep, yeah, let's exactly. keep moving there, my friend. Forget that. Okay, what was the name? Uh, if you did uh, of your first car, did you name your first car? I did not name my first car because mm, I know. Uh, really, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I named my first car. Oh yeah, what was that? Well, I had a Ford Pinto. Oh, so you called it explosion? I called it trouble. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> Here comes trouble. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't name. See, I, no, I never did. I, I wish to, I did. I tend to name my cars. Okay. You know, uh, I All had right. a car that I had a Buick that uh, I was a yellow Buick with a, a black vinyl roof that I loved called Betsy. It was like one of my it's favorite a good cars. Name. It's yeah. a good solid name. Christy, did you? No, you don't no, name your cars. No, I never no, named I like my, cars. my cars. Yeah, okay. No, right. that's good. Uh, what's your favorite sandwich and why? Uh, childhood sandwich, which is still kind of like you know, sort of. Uh, Finds its way over. Whenever I was like, you know, buying my, <laughs> this is weird. Like you, get, you reach the age where you're able to buy your own lunch meat. You ever do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, right, I right. mean that's, that's like a that's big like ad- a rite of passage. It is. So I would buy sal- hard salami and Swiss cheese. Oh. On white bread. Okay. With brown mustard, and if I had, if it had was it was available, tomato and a dill pickle. To me, that was like. 
high end. That's oddly specific, I isn't was, it? I was living large if I had hard salami, Swiss cheese, brown mustard, pickle, and tomato. I mean, that's good. On my bread. I would be, I'd be happy with that. That's a good sandwich for me. You know, that was me like t- 11 or 12. Okay. What about you? Um, well, I'll ask Christy first, and then I'll come in okay. at the end. Okay. So I don't eat sandwiches anymore because of, you know, sodium and stuff. Right. But when I was a kid, I used to, uh, my dad used to make me jumbo sandwiches mm. with um, mustard. That oh was, my that gosh. That was like my go-to. Jumbo. jumbo. How about fried jumbo? Yeah. Listen, he That's used to good. do that for breakfast in the morning. I like a fried jumbo sandwich still. Jumbo. It's greasy and hot. That's good stuff. Uh, for me, it is always and every time tuna salad. Tuna salad. You know why? Mm. Because it's awesome. And because everybody makes it a little differently. Yeah. And yeah. so however you make it is going to give me a little window into how you're looking at things and who you are. And I love it. And I love Lonnie's tuna salad at a Shop and Safe. I'll tell you that right now. It's my favorite. <laughs> Lonnie at Shop and Safe. Okay. Now, maybe this is a guy thing. Um, because, you know, a lot of guys grew up just, you know, being really watching a lot of cartoons. I mean, I watched cartoons like nonstop as a kid. So if you were a cartoon character, what cartoon character would you be? Mm. Cartoon character. Did you watch cartoons yeah. growing up as a kid? I didn't watch very no, many you, cartoons. See, that no. doesn't surprise me. Yeah, see, that, 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 was, get, that tells me something about you. Yeah. Right? So that was – cartoons weren't a big – it's funny. When the cartoons would be on Saturday mornings, yeah. the thing I would focus on when I was a little kid – do yeah. you remember Land of the Lost? Oh, yeah, sure. That was the worst – yeah. Like, see, it was like whatever special effect they were going for was horrible. Right. But the idea that I could exist with dinosaurs was very important to me. Was that sort of like claymation? Yeah, it kinda? was. It was like That's terrible. Sort of... Whatever it was, it was terrible. Right. Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Right. Christy, cartoon. Did you watch I, cartoons? I did watch cartoons. I watched a lot of SpongeBob growing up. SpongeBob. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Even like throughout high school, we watched. You know, me and my friends watched it. So. Probably some character from Sponge that. Bob. Okay, yeah. What about Phineas and Ferb, though? Oh, if we Phineas fast forward to adulthood, that's fabulous, right? Yeah, and I mean, what what was the mom's name? I don't know. How about the sister? Oh, I'm, Candace. Candace. Sure, man. Wait, was, what was the mom's I'm name? Remember, 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 because she had she had her pop, yeah. uh, her you know uh, performance career before her name was Linda. Now Linda. she no something, and now she makes broth. Remember my it name? It is Linda. It was Linda. And, but what, what was it when she was famous? It used to be... Isabella? No, she had Wait. a different name. It was close to Linda. It was like a, a permutation of Linda when she was famous. But now she's Linda and she makes bra. Oh, okay. Very good. I love that. Okay, Phineas so, and Ferb was great. So as a kid, like early, early on, and again, back to that claymation thing, remember um, Davy and Samson? Remember that? You asked me about that a while ago. I don't think I ever saw See, that. See, that was that was very that was a Christian claymation Saturday morning thing. Yes, yes, maybe Sunday morning sometimes as well. And it was always about God in the in the larger sense. Sometimes about Jesus, but it was a a, a boy and his dog. And I just I love that show so much. I wonder if that's out there. Sorry, probably on YouTube. Right? I bet that has great special Davey effects and also. Oh, no, but it's cool, though. It was like cl- anything was oh, claymation. Oh, claymation is, is much cooler. Very right. cool. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. I think Land of the Lost was paper. <laughs> Papermation. <laughs> 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 Windows are us. You try the rest. Now try the best. 
When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate at windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. Find them at the Pittsburgh Remodeling Expo at Heinz Field beginning February 11th. windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dynavite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dynavite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dynavite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E Your life, your hopes, and whatever you were searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawoski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. To learn more about our open position, please email me at andrew at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Academy Award nominations announced this morning. Uh, Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog leading the list with 12 nominations, including four acting honors. You saw it. Did you, I love it. I mean, the weird thing about it is now you can see a lot of these films right, uh, right. for can, free. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is so weird. Cool. I know. I, okay, so Power of the Dog you saw. Also up for Best Picture, Dune. Yeah, loved it. Belfast. Have not, but can't wait. Licorice Pizza. Loved it. Drive My Car. Didn't see it. Not yet. West Side Story. Loved it. King Richard. Loved it. Don't Look Up. <laughs> Super weird. Uh, I, I don't get it. Meh. Are you surprised that it's nominated? No, because you know, it was one. Right, yeah, yeah, right, of right, course. Yeah. Coda. Haven't seen it. Look forward to it. Nightmare Alley. Saw it. Loved it. 
So, so this is a list where you actually can get behind it. Because oh, there yeah. have been years when I have asked you that question. You've Yo, been like, you've got it. What the heck is that all about? Okay, can I show the best, uh, the actor and actress nominees? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Will Smith for King Richard. Yep. Denzel for Tragedy of Macbeth, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen yet, which yep. I'm dying Streaming. to see. Javier Bardem. Did you see Being the Ricardos? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. So he's he's nominated for that, and so is Nicole Kidman. Yeah, as well they should be. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. Loved it. Was Lo- she? Was he good? He's you thought- excellent. He's fabulous. Did you see The Lost Daughter? No. Olivia no. Oh, Colman. Oh, I, not- I did see that. Yeah, I did see it. Did you? Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to believe he has enough time to work. <laughs> what are you guys are streaming stuff? Did you like Olivia Colman in The Lost so. Daughter? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We'll talk about more tomorrow. All right. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.